Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. The most vulnerable of all of us are the most innocent and most unable to care for themselves. I'm speaking of babies, especially disadvantaged infants born at medical, economic, or environmental risk. That's when the organization Nurses for Newborns is often called upon to step in. It's been doing so through home visits during and after pregnancies for well over two decades. And here to tell us more about the organization and its needs is Melinda Ola Miller, the Chief Executive Officer for Nurses for Newborns. Melinda, nice to see you again. Thanks for coming in. Thanks so much for having me, Don. I appreciate the, the invitation. Uh, tomorrow night's the big night. I know you're having a gala. We'll talk about that uh, a little bit later. But uh, give folks, if you would, Melinda, a sense of, of, of the people you help. Who are they? So the folks that uh, we serve at Nurses for Newborns uh, are generally uh, struggling in some way around their pregnancy or around the birth of their baby, but maybe not. Um, uh, anyone who feels like they could use some support um, can access our services, uh, whether they're pregnant or they have a new baby at home. So nurses for newborns is a little bit of a misnomer because you get started before the actual birth in many cases. We do. Um, we've always served pregnant moms as well. And a few years back um, uh, in a research project with Washington University, we discovered something interesting about our data, which was that if a woman if we were able to serve a woman at least uh, a visit or two uh, before the baby was born, the ultimate outcomes increased. And so uh, we have started uh, really encouraging our referral sources to, serve, to send moms earlier. Uh, and, uh, and now about 50% of our, of our families come to us prenatally. How, how is the connection made? They come to you? Um, well, we go to them uh, ultimately, well, sure. but they yeah. find us, uh, families find us. Uh, uh, the area hospitals refer to us, uh, the um, social service agencies, clinics, individual doctor's offices, and then families can refer themselves. They don't need a, a doctor's authorization uh, to come to Nurses for Newborns. What, what kind of circumstances would a woman be in whereby she would be thinking, I, I ought to contact these folks? You know, the one of the number one circumstances is um, having – uh, a baby who maybe spent some time in the in the intensive care nursery when they were born. Um, it could be a family that's experiencing isolation, uh, that's here without family, here without relatives. Um, it could be a young family, a young mom, a teen mom um, who's ha- having their first baby and and scared and not sure. Um, any any family who is. Um, experiencing lack of resources, uh, poverty, um, job loss, uh, the, the families that don't have insurance uh, because we don't charge families. So uh, they, they can get uh, services through us without having insurance. Um, so it, it's a variety of things, but it all kind of points toward what are the things that help us keep babies alive and well during that first year of life. I, I think there's a general impression out there that uh, – we're only talking about uh, women in families that are dis- economically disadvantaged, poor people. It, it goes beyond that, doesn't it? It goes beyond that. Uh, about 90% of our families uh, might meet someone's definition of of not having enough resources. But we do have um, some families who come to us for some of the other reasons. Uh, one of One of the reasons might be that they are uh, new to the country. Uh, don't understand or don't have experience with the American healthcare system um, and need that kind of navigation. 
Um, and you also have to remember that when a baby comes on the scene, it's, it's, it's urgent. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, also the needs of the, the family, just they, they quadruple okay. um, when the baby comes. How, how is all of this funded? We have a patchwork quilt of funding. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our funding generally falls into a couple categories. Um, we, we get funding for, from area charitable organizations and foundations. Um, we enjoy the support of the community. Um, we have many, uh, many donors who help us uh, with this work, understand this work. Um, and then we also get funding uh, from uh, the state of Missouri and uh, local governments, the counties. The, uh, the, uh, the home visits, can you give me a, a sense of what that involves both during the pregnancy and then uh, following birth? So all of um, our services are provided in the home. So we uh, eliminate that barrier mm-hmm. of transportation um, because we can, we can come to the family. And in the prenatal visits before the baby's born, we're going to be checking in on mom's health, making sure that she's connected, making her doctor's appointments, um, making sure preparations are in play uh, for the baby's arrival at home, um, health considerations in the household. Uh, we're going to start uh, some of our teaching uh, modules on important topics, um, encouraging mom to breastfeed, for example, um, getting her ready for that. Then once the baby's born and is at home, we like to make our first visit as soon as we can. Um, and in, that f- in the first visit or two, we're going to do a couple things. We're going to make sure that um, nutrition is going the right direction. So mm-hmm. whether mom's breastfeeding or uh, bottle feeding, the nurses uh, will sometimes literally side by side make bottles with mom to make sure that mm-hmm. there's a lot of ways that that, that can actually go wrong, uh, which can be really dangerous for the baby. Um, they learn CPR. Um, they learn how to resuscitate their own infant. And mm-hmm. every year we have several moms who do just that. Um, at some point using the, the skills that they learned um, in those sessions. They've, they've performed CPR on their own infant. The, the numbers that I've seen are, are, are really quite impressive. More than 100,000 uh, babies have been assisted by nurses and families assisted by nurses for newborns over the 26 years now, I guess, you've been, been in business. That's right. Um, we, we figure we're, we're at a mid-sized city yeah. of babies who have yeah. been able to get the start. And, you know, we're – we're looking at their health trajectory of, of setting it into motion in a direction that's positive. Uh, when, when a baby's health, nutrition, um, uh, their own mental health, the, the well-being of their family, the mental health of their family, when all of those things start out um, poorly, it's very hard to it, – it's just that much more challenging to catch up. We did a program yesterday on postpartum depression. And uh, listening to some of the stories and what goes on, and of course there have been some tragic instances recently yes, in, in, involving that. I, I would think that nurses for newborns would would be kind of the first line of defense against uh, situations like this developing. Uh, for over a decade, we have been um, doing depression screenings on moms at multiple points, not just one time, mm-hmm. but uh, both before the baby's born, uh, as soon as we get there in the first couple of visits, and then at repeated points. And we're finding that between 35 and 40 percent of the women that we serve are, are screening positive for depression at some point uh, during that first year. Um, and that's, uh, that's concerning. Uh, and we are able to track it, watch it, 
um, make referrals, make appropriate referrals, and get some of that early uh, intervention going uh, for families to to avoid the tragedies. I, I would have to guess that uh, some of that dep- depression is the result of exactly the kinds of things that nurses for newborns attempts to to fix uh, along the way. It's it's often a complex mix of. Uh, biology um, and the mm. physiology of birth and uh, the hormones that change in a woman's body, um, along with circumstances, sleep deprivation, stress, uh, community level stress, stress in the home, uh, the stress of not having, um, not knowing where your next meal's coming from or uh, how your bills are going to get paid. And all of those load in to um, to mom's um, mental and behavioral health. I was surprised to learn yesterday that men are subject to postpartum depression as well. That yeah. took me completely by surprise. It, it can't. That can also happen. Um, uh, they they may not have the physiological changes that women have, mm-hmm. um, except except that how it would relate to sleep deprivation, mm-hmm. <laughs> which happens to to the fathers as well. Um, but life often gets turned on its head. Um, routines are out of order, um, and uh, also the demands for for dad um, are are exponential. Um, and and he he may be splitting his time various places, just like mom is. Um, so yes, the, the nurses who who go to the homes they're all registered nurses. That's correct. Um, we hire um, highly trained nurses. Most of our nurses have. Sp- uh, spent uh, time in in the intensive care nurseries themselves. All of them have significant experience in, in with infant care, um, and they are um, they are troopers. Uh, they go into every neighborhood, every city, every building um, in our region uh, to serve babies where they are, mm-hmm. um, and they have a lot of. Um, a passion for what they do. Many of them have spent many years in the hospitals wor- worrying about what happened to those babies that went home. Mm-hmm. Do they work solely for you, or are they affiliated with hospitals and spend just part-time working with um, nurses for newborns? Most of our nurses are, are employees mm-hmm. uh, completely. They they may um, work a shi- some shifts in the, in the hospitals, but most of them are full-time with us or three-quarter time with us or with us, yeah. but, but you also have volunteers. What what role do volunteers play? We do. Um, we depend on our volunteers. So one of the things that we do as part of our service, in addition to um, teaching positive par- parenting skills and um, making sure that baby's health is going well and t- assessments with the babies and that kind of thing, is we have we provide uh, material support to families as we get it. So people in the community drop their used baby items, gently used baby items, off at our office. Mm-hmm. And then we have volunteers who sort, um, clean, and recycle uh, the things that come in so that the nurses can take them back to the families that need them. What about follow-up? At some point, the nurses have to stop uh, visiting the homes. Uh, at what point does this happen? Well, at, when when we first start seeing a family, we go every week, um, and we start stretching those visits out. Um, and at some point, we go to monthly visits so that we can keep um, keep tabs on things um, and also have that important checkpoint for mom and dad um, to, to check back in, in at monthly visits. Unfortunately, we don't have the funding to circle back around um, much later than that. Uh, we are... 
uh, working on a project now to to check in with families at the six month point and one year point if they've if they've left service early or um, out out into six months after they've left us, um, and we're we're going to be curious to see how that what that data looks like. Uh, Melinda, how did all of this get started? Well, we were started by. Um, a nurse, um, Sharon Rohrbach, um, who was a vision, visionary, and she uh, was a newborn nursery nurse in, at St. Anthony's Hospital um, back in the 80s. And she saw that babies were leaving the hospital healthy and coming back sick, um, leaving the hospital healthy and unfortunately sometimes coming back in body bags. And she talks about how you are just never the same um, after you have had to comfort um, a family um, who's gone through that kind of tragic loss. And so she wanted to use her training and her skills um, to make a difference in that time period. And she started us literally on her breezeway um, with her friends and family and colleagues uh, helping to get this get Nurses for Newborns launched. And 27 years later, here we are. And my, if my math is correct, servicing about 4,000 families, babies a, a year or so. How many nurses do you have uh, to, to accomplish this? So we have um, – one thing that uh, we haven't talked about is that we actually – we work in two states. Um, we're here in the metro region on the Missouri side. Um, but we also have a second office in Nashville, Tennessee – um, that we started um, in 2001 with the help of a football player from the Rams, interestingly enough, mm-hmm. who got transferred to the Titans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we started uh, in, in Nashville as well. Um, and so between the two sites, um, we employ anywhere between 25 and 30 nurses at a time. Who, who was the Rams player? Uh, it was Fred Miller. Oh. Yeah. Um, long gone. Yeah, long gone. Oh, oh, long, uh, long retired uh, from the NFL. Yes. We've, got, we've got about a minute left. Tell us about what's happening tomorrow night, and if people want to become a part of that, what can they do? Well, we're going to be at the Sheldon tomorrow night, the fabulous Sheldon, um, for our annual gala. Um, and Dave and Thelma Stewart are our chairs. Um, Dr. Sessions Cole is going to be getting an award. He is a neonatologist at Children's Hospital. Um, we're going to have a live auction, silent auction and so on, and a live dance band to end the evening uh-huh. um, called Fat Pocket. <laughs> um, and uh, we have many generous sponsors. Um, but if, you're, if p- folks who are listening are interested in making a donation, or they can actually still attend the, office, uh, the auction if they let us know today. Uh-huh. Uh, we have a few seats left, um, and they can call our office before 4 o'clock. We will set a table for you. We will put all of that information on our website at Fantastic. stlpublicradio.org. Well, hope you have a wonderful event. Thank you so much. I, sh- I should tell you, I'll be there. So I'll be looking forward to seeing you again and some other friends of ours. Fantastic. Thank- Thank you very much, Melinda Ola Miller. Archive versions of past St. Louis on the Air programs available for download or podcast at stlpublicradio.org slash stlonair. St. Louis on the Air is produced by Alex Hoyer, Eva Hemphill, Lara Hamden, and production assistance comes from Aaron Dorr and Spencer Reed. The executive producer is Mary Edwards. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Thank you for listening. I'm Don Marsh. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.